Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello again. This week I chatted to Adam Smith. He's a writer, podcaster, and all round nice guy with a bit of a kinky edge. Marco ordered us to lie down so he could walk on us, push his feet in our faces, spit on us. It was wonderful. You're listening to Probably True. Please be aware that this podcast may contain strong language and adult themes. It would be boring without them. I needed a jolt of electricity zapped through me. That's one of the reasons why I moved to New York for a year. And New York is pretty well electrified. I wanted some new experiences in a new place. And I got it in that great crank of a city, mainly thanks to the friends I made there. One friend, Emil, who I first met at a straight wedding of all places, used to take me out and prod my creativity. After I had moved back to London, he said he was coming over to visit in December. I was thrilled. I had seen him in his city, and now he could see me in mine. I could fold him into my friendships here. That's the thing about friendship groups. They're elastic and borderless, welcoming to newbies. So it was great to have Emil come over, staying at mine so we could talk late into the night about big things and small things. I mean, our sex lives. I wasn't the only reason for Emil's visit to London, though. He prefers sex in which a dominant guy tells him what to do. Now, this could be suck me deep, boy, or even sit there like a table while I watch EastEnders. London is a hotbed for this, so Emil also came to visit a bunch of dominant daddies. Talking about it with him in my flat after these encounters actually turned me on. We also did plenty of other friend things. I made a tour of Victorian London and queer London for him, and we walked around in top hats while I recited passages I'd read in books or on Wikipedia. What a thrill to have a friend who went with my fantasy, pulling on the top hat without question and stepping out with me. I took Emil to my favourite places too, including a night at the Glory. The pub was decked in the usual cheap glam, but it was extra sparkly because it was close to Christmas. We joined a table with an Italian guy sitting alone, and of course we got chatting. Then his friends arrived, one of whom was called Marco, two Italians, mm. and we were all a group, joking, getting to know each other. That's a lovely thing about pubs and people in the right spirit. You can make new friends, even if they last for one night only. Connections are connections. A zing based on a mutual experience or a shared value, or both of you just knowing the right lyric from the song that comes on. Of course, I fancy the Italians. I always fancy the Italians. This new gang felt extra lovely. Emil, my deep friend, sexy Italians, great cocktails, festive vibes, cheap tinsel. We talked, we danced, we laughed, we sung. The press of London and the whole world fell away from us in this swaying, glittery pub just a few nights from the holy birth. Marco had a tight body. I could feel it under his t-shirt when we rubbed against each other and he had his tongue in my mouth. I said to Emil, who was staying with me, that I'd like to bring Marco home with me. And of course Emil said that was fine. We fell out of the pub and into an Uber together, and suddenly the three of us were in the back seat in the dark car, the roar of the pub fading. 
this is always the moment when shit gets real. Of course, we talked about sex. I was turned on, again, sitting between Marco with the tight body and Emil with the deep friendship. Marco was interested in Emil's dom-sub thing, and in my milder form of it, plus my thing for feet. Marco told us about the dance parties he went to, and various kinky things he likes. The Uber driver gave me, well, surely, a five-star rating. In the flat, Emil disappeared, and Marco and I poured a finger of whiskey in the living room and got flirty again. Where's Emil? he asked. I guess he went to bed, I said. I figured that Emil felt that Marco was my date, so he wanted to give us space. But I love time with Emil so much, and I certainly didn't feel like I owned Marco. Shall we find him? I said, as if I was up to mischief, and Marco nodded. We found Emil in his bedroom. Hi, we all said to each other. We continued the conversation from the car, sex, and my heart raced because I wanted to see at least Marco naked soon. And that's when we all started to play with each other. Rewind. Back to New York, to the Good Room Club in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, a night called Carry Nation. Emil and I wanted to dance, and the music was solid. It was dark and sexy, and everyone was dancing, and some people were semi-naked, and everyone was sweating. Emil and this guy near us began to dance together, and soon they were kissing. Then they disappeared. I knew we'd reconnect at some point. I didn't feel ditched. We're all adults. But Emil returned barely five minutes later. He said, grinning, That guy just came in my mouth! And I grabbed Emil's head and kissed him splat on the lips, with a bit of open mouth. We wanted to share the good stuff, not so much the cum as just the thrill. And that was the extent of mine and Emil's sexual history, until Marco. We had slept together, like actually slept, and been naked together for a silly photo shoot thing. And we had a chemistry, but our sexual tastes don't overlap enough. Fast forward. Marco ordered us to lie down so he could walk on us, push his feet in our faces, spit on us. It was wonderful. I was enjoying the spontaneity of it all and the sexiness of it and the fact that Marco had accidentally built a sexual connection between Emil and me. A venereal Venn diagram, maybe. I loved reaching a new level of friendship, but was also a bit anxious about what it meant. But not so anxious in the moment, you know. You might not guess it, but I can turn my head off sometimes. Then Emil paused. I'm feeling weird because Adam is my friend, he said. But not with a tone of drama, just a little side note, like a comment in a doc. I could tell he was worried, but also, and probably more importantly, that as a friend, he just wanted to open a moment for us to check ourselves. Because he's smart like that. We checked. We made a new plan. We would move to my room where Emil could sit in the armchair and watch Marco and me. A new scene. All change, please, all change. So Emil sat in the dark, groaning, touching himself, I think. I didn't really look at him. I could just see two white circles every so often, his specks reflecting the dim lamp opposite. Marco and I went at it, mostly on the floor, continuing the vibe from earlier, him in control. We didn't so much play a scene for Emil as for ourselves. And Emil disappeared at some point, and Marco and I continued, and continued, and continued, and finished. The next morning was lovely. First cuddles with Marco, and chatter about what sex things we would do next time. And then he left. So the next lovely thing is where the story ends. After the front door clicked closed behind Marco, I crept into Emil's room to find him stirring. I climbed into bed with him for an extra cuddle, and we talked about the sex, as we always do. We joked and shared and I smelled Emil's smell, and held him, and he held me, and then he said, let's check in. Was last night okay? 
Yeah, I said. I knew he meant, was it okay that we had done some sexy things when normally that isn't part of our bond? I said, I enjoyed it. You're a great friend. We did new things together and it was fun and that's it really. You? Of course, he felt the same. Thank fuck. Good friendships are elastic. They stretch through places and time, through boundaries and feelings. Emil and I, proud benders. I'll be talking more with Adam about filth and friendship and fetishism after this. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I think one of the things that really stood out to me from your little story was this idea of checking in with your friend, like the the, the aftercare of uh, kinky stuff, because it's one of the things that I think a lot of people don't realise, and books like Fifty Shades of Grey really don't help with, <laughs> is this idea that it's just kind of, hello, come over, let me treat you rough and slap you about, and then you leave and that's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Uh, I guess it was because Emil and I have this friendship and um, it's like sex is not really a part of that friendship usually. And also, I, I just also think that it's good, um, especially like the first time or the first few times that you have sex with anybody, whether you know them or not, um, to try and get a sense afterwards of like how that person is doing and how they're feeling about what just happened. Not in like a massively, deeply neurotic anxious way how was it for you yeah, tell, me, God, it was good. tell <laughs> me how was it good um not not that but just um especially when you've done something that is you know perhaps um a little bit more risky or something like that um so I always think that's a good idea anyway but in this case Emil and I like were good friends so um he and I both just wanted to make sure that we were like still good friends and that neither of us had madly fallen in love with the other one by accident Aww. because of what we just did or that neither of us like a- actively started to hate the other one because of what we just did. So it was like, are we cool? We're cool. All right, cool. Yeah, and and that that makes a lot of sense. I think um, I found actually whenever I'm I'm getting after I've got sexy with a boy, even if I do say you know um, like if you've any notes, let me know. <laughs> I'm keen to like get better. So if I did something wrong, they never do, and sometimes you never see them again. And you I, haven't and read I'm... the Google reviews. <laughs> No, I want yell. Okay, don't. I'm some, no. Okay, wow. That's that's <laughs> that's hurtful. I do keep uh, I do keep getting people knocking on my door, wondering, but like, oh, oh. but yeah, I think, uh, and sometimes you know, just because the way things are, you never see them again or uh, whatever. And I do wonder, were they just being really polite? Was it actually awful? And and uh, no one's told me, which at this point is a little bit worrying because you know it's been. <laughs> 
it's been some years. Yeah, it's been a few years <laughs> and, and um, several young men, you'd think at least one of them would have said, please don't do that again. <laughs> I think the best way to judge whether someone's having a good time or had a good time is not to like outright ask them. Um, but just with tears in your eyes, yeah. just kind of like <laughs> pleading between um, them and the door. Yeah, uh, but actually, just to use the signals that they send you, especially in the moment, because they're like somewhat accidental, um, or they're slightly less in control of those signals. And basically, if you're if you can read the room, then you can tell whether the person's having a good time or not. And that is, I think, more meaningful than if you ask them in the in the cold afterwards. And I think in this story, the check-in moment was not so much me and Emil saying like, did you have, like, did you have good sex? Did you enjoy this sex moment? It was just, it was more about the friendship side. And obviously those two things are not separate at all, but it was more about like, like almost like resetting us into our friendship and being like, we did that thing. And is that cool? A bit like, you know, if you've gone on holiday with a friend who you've never spent a lot of time with before, and then you go through various different things in that holiday (laughs) and where you sort of like slightly love the person a bit more and slightly hate them a little bit more and then at the end you kind of need to have this little moment with yourself and with the other person about like okay we're just checking in are we still friends or are we now enemies oh you're definitely right I, i it seems sometimes like it's a bit of a british thing we don't like to talk about things i think there's a lot of shame around talking about the stuff that we're doing like and and about um getting your needs met. A lot of people would rather sit silently and then go, oh, that was crap afterwards. <laughs> I had this when, when I worked as a professional masseur. I had a woman come in for an hour-long massage. I did my job. And then at the end of it, she she said to my manager, um, oh, I don't want to pay. That was awful. And, and rather that, So she went through the whole thing? Yeah. I'm like, well, you've had, you've had an hour. <laughs> Like while I was doing it to say, could you do this differently? And she's yeah. like, no, it wasn't, it wasn't strong enough. He never like pressed on. Let me, said uh, for any time you want me to change what i'm doing please let me know and and it is i think it's the same in sex it's like you have to be able to say okay stop that put it down (laughs) give me a minute but then also i mean the other side of that if someone did say you know what don't do that again that wasn't (laughs) it's not having the effect you think it's having um i think that would be would be a little bit shaking but you know sometimes we need that i think yeah Definitely. And like you say about reading the room, so many guys, not so many guys, but some guys are just kind of like, they just charge straight in and get and, and go for what they want without any consideration for what the other person wants or how it's feeling for them. And it's almost like it's a an extension of that objectification. You know, like, yeah. oh, he's hot. Bang! That's what he... And it's like, oh, that's obviously what he wants. Ugh. Yeah. Rather than actually appreciating. I've it. definitely had experiences like that. I think in this case, part of the pleasure of it was actually... The fact that Marco, who was like more dominant in this situation, because that was kind of how we'd set it up, that actually I could tell that he was um, enjoying it because he was responding to the things that me and Emil had said and the, all of the things that we, the three of us had all been talking about doing. And then he like put it all into action. And um, he was taking notes. He, yeah, he was taking notes. He, re- he must have been in his, in his head. <laughs> and so it, it was like, um, so even though he was being more dominant, um, it was like he was almost like doing the things that we had like pre-directed him to do. And that was the thing that I think brought me and Emil together um, after, you know, a long time of being friends actually brought us together sexually was because just in that sweet 
spot of an overlap in what we both like, Marco had picked that up and then did it to us at the same time. And that was just what worked. It sounds like it worked really well. <laughs> it did. Um, but I didn't see him again. Oh, that was my next question, was did you see him again after that? No, oh. no. even though we had talked about what we were going to do next time. Oh. But that's how it happens. Yeah, that's that's the way it goes. Um, um, was he into the kinky stuff? He's sure out there. <laughs> Marco, if you're listening, that's not your real name, but hopefully you'll recognise yourself from this uh, little story. I think the other thing that uh, that kind of stood out that I wanted to talk about was the idea of a meal sitting back and watching. Oh, um, uh, yeah. And the idea, because voyeurism is, is very much participation. I think there's this weird thing we have with people, oh, he likes to watch. Uh. Mm. And no, sometimes, like, especially if it's uh, a threesome and the other two are like really kind of getting into it, it takes quite a bit to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to step back and let you two get on with this because that's going to be really yeah. hard for me anyway. And it's, but it's, that's a really tricky thing to negotiate and establish between the three people because the risk always of a group situation is that um one or more people feel left out and or or one or more people like actually are left out of that situation and that's kind of not cool that's another reading the room thing like I don't want to even if I'm having a moment of like severe chemistry with someone <laughs> like I, you I make would, it sound like I, severe flatulence. All right, oh, I, I had would, some severe chemistry. Last severe night. chemistry. I would like if 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 there's another person in the room who is not involved in that or not enjoying not being involved in that, then like it's not. Then as far as I'm concerned, the whole thing's falling apart. So um, yeah, so I think that that was why it was good that we sort of stopped what we were doing kind of like reset and so Emil actually said actually the best thing to do is well he said like how about this I watch and you two do and um I was like that's definitely going to work for me you know if that works for you and obviously I know that he wouldn't just be the thing is because I know him because he's a friend I know that he wouldn't just be saying that if he didn't also feel like that um but I could see I guess some people would just say that as a sort of consolation prize to themselves and you know hopefully I would be able to pick that up but in this case I knew that it wasn't and so he was happy just to sit back and watch it and like I said I mean it was fun because he was in the room and it was fun to be watched but also like I wasn't doing it for him so it felt more like good amateur porn where you're just like oh they're just enjoying themselves and they're like a real couple or something like that you know I mean I've heard of those videos what was your kind of introduction into the kinky side of things in the first place so if there's someone out there who's listening who's like "Ooh, the feet thing sounds interesting or "Ooh, the idea of being walked on or spat on or something (laughs) I don't know if I might like that how do I kind of dip my toe as it were oh yeah without risking I mean too much pornhub.com right so well yeah you know but rather watch, the experience of being involved videos. rather than oh there are how-to videos well i mean i mean essentially i'm sure if you google how to <laughs> yeah um if I not mean, I then always, that's the next project i'm going to do i actually think like you know say what you will about porn and you know as an industry and as an art form it has its problems but it, it also has huge benefits to helping us understand our sexualities i think um generally speaking and um, so I do think that like looking at porn, looking at different things and thinking about that and just seeing what gets you off is, is kind of, that's obviously step one, but let's face it, you've already done that. Then I think the question is, um, talking to friends about it and basically if they 
are not positive towards your idea. Not where you're not, I'm not saying that you should ask them whether they would do this with you. I'm just saying that like just talking about it with people just to say like, oh, have you ever done this? You know, kind of in an abstract way. And if they're sort of like disgusted or don't want to talk about it or turned off by it, then then they're obviously not the person who's going to like support you and like even help you think about it. Yeah, they don't seem like the people, the kind of people you want as friends in the first well, place. Well, probably not exactly. But, you know, because but like that's weird though, that because because a lot of people who you might think of are your friends, they they might be disgusted about certain sex things and they might not want to talk about it, or they might not be disgusted, but they just might think, oh, it's not for me and I don't want to talk about it. And the funny thing is, like, I've got, there's definitely lots of sex things that I have no interest in, but I'm in, I always want to talk to friends about it if they're interested in it. Because, like, that just fascinates me that something can work so well for some, one person, including someone who I know a lot and who I have a lot of shared interests with, but not for me. Like, that's just a kind of an interesting thing to talk about anyway. Yeah, and definitely. so, I would, for me, it would always be, like, positive and, like, trying to understand them, understand how they feel about it, etc. Here's a pro tip, actually, to, to kind of test the water with your friends to see if they're the kind of people that you can talk about this kind of stuff with, mm-hmm. would be, say, I was chatting with a guy on <laughs> Grinder or Tinder or whatever last night, mm. and he said oh, yeah. that he was into foot stuff, and if they're, or, or whatever your thing is that you want to <laughs> test them about, and if they go, that's minging, I hope you blocked him immediately, then maybe find better friends. <laughs> or just realise that, well, that's not something that you can talk about that with that friend. Yeah. Uh, but then if they're like, all right, and... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, yeah. yes, have a go. Or, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Then that's yeah. more... But, I mean, this is, like, a slightly more elaborate version of, like, asking for a friend, <laughs> isn't it? Like, yeah. you're sort of, it's one level of abstraction where you're just like, oh, I heard so-and-so, like, likes this thing. And yeah, I'm definitely friend... not talking about me. <laughs> yeah, my friend wondered if you wanted to suck my toe. Right, <laughs> my, friend, my friend wondered if you wanted to suck his toe. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, my friend is and me. I'll watch it. <laughs> and it's this toe here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and it's this toe right here, the one next to your ear at the moment. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So I think. So obviously, yeah. Talk, so point number one: friends. Talking about it with friends. Um, and then, I mean, um, I sometimes also think that on um, profiles on apps, you can put that you can either be specific about certain things that you can have, or you could just say something like, you know, toe in the water, like a little bit kinky, or. I have some kinks, something vague like that. And then a person who also might have kinks might message you and say, what are your kinks? And then you can send them your great, great big list or your Google Doc or whatever it is. And um, they you get have a Google with Doc? Them. That's so organised. <laughs> it's a spreadsheet, actually. Because um, wow. uh, the thing is that they will then... Um, the point is that you're just basically saying, I'm open to a conversation about kink. You're just yeah. sending that signal. And then if they ask you about that, then it's because they're open to it as well. Now... Obviously, it might be the case that there is no overlap between the two of you, but then at least you're having a conversation about it. And then, um, as always with these things, you basically have to do a lot of um, talking. You have, to, you have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your prince. You know, you have to put that signal out. It's a bit of spray and pray and hoping that someone's going to like pick it up and engage with you on it. And then for... spray and pray, by the way, is not an effective method of stopping you getting any kind of STI. So that's right. Uh, yeah, that's right. Sorry, anyway. don't let that happen. And then the next, I guess, the next stage would be to go to a um, a physical space where some of these things might happen. And so that might mean like a sex club or a, like a certain kink night at a club um, and that kind of thing. 
So, and those things take a bit of research because they're quite, you know, like niche. Mm -hmm. So just like if you were into um, a certain hobby, you know, like if you're into knitting, then you have to find a shop where you get the right wool from. And I found uh, in my limited experience in kink things that quite often those kind of spaces are run and occupied by people who know what they're doing. Yes. And so it won't be that as soon as you walk through the door, you're grabbed and uh, bent over a spanking horse and then everyone gets to pound your buttocks or anything like that. It's a lot more conscious of the the needs and, and the before and after care that someone would need. And if you're very new at it, I'm sure a lot of them would be very welcoming and very kind. Yeah, and if, and if you don't get that vibe from a place, then it's, especially if you're in newbie, then it's not the right place. Yeah, get your ass out. Get that. your ass out. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I so I used to go to, when I lived in New York, actually, um, I used to go to this like sex night thing that happened and I was very impressed like when I heard about it um, when I like signed up to the email <laughs> notifications <laughs> um, I was very impressed by like how overt they were about these kinds of things in the emails and I think it was partly because obviously they just didn't want bad things to happen and they wanted to make sure that everyone felt welcome etc and so in the email notifications about um, when the night was going to be happening, because it was once every two months, I think, something like that. And it was in this sort of like slightly secretive place because it was kind of slightly dancing around certain laws in, in New York. How um, exciting. About like, basically because like there are certain restrictive laws about like um, sex happening in like semi-public places. The joys of the illicit encounter. Yes, exactly. Mm. So it was slightly underground, um, figuratively and literally. And so they were, um, they didn't want any like bad news to get out or anything like that. And so they would put in their email like, okay, this is a, um, this is a body positive space. This is a, a an open space and um, we welcome all genders and sexes and, um, you know, no homophobia, no racism, all of that stuff. And um, consent is sexy and consent means blah, 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 blah. And it's ongoing. And it's ongoing. This is especially important in the kink kind of world is like, you don't say yes once and that's it for the rest of the thing. You can say at any point, stop that now or whatever your safe word is or whatever. Yeah. And it's really important that that you don't feel that you have to go through with something just because or that you feel like the person, oh, they must know what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. So I'll let them do it. If If you're not comfortable stop yeah exactly and just know yeah I mean if you if yeah and you have to get a sense from the person that you're with that they will stop if you say that you need to stop and say your safe word if you if you want to have a safe word yeah Margaret Thatcher it works you see yeah it, it definitely makes everything go back in so I think if there was any kind of takeaway that you wanted people to have pizza please <laughs> see what you did there what would it be it's about friendship and it's about this friendship that i have with emil which is um like you know a multi-various multi-dimensional loving lovely friendship uh now over a great distance and the fact that we didn't have a sex thing really and to like now we don't really i mean who knows what might happen again there was just this one episode where it happened and um, for me, it's just sex can be just another way of relating to someone. So, you know, just like I go to the cinema with this friend or go to the theater with that friend or, you know, go um, drag car racing with this other friend or, uh, you know, all of these different things. You have things. a very busy social life. <laughs> all these different things that you do with people. And like, I just see sex as another one of those things. It's not to say that I want to have sex with all of my friends or that they would want to have sex with me. <laughs> but like, it's just like, I don't 
think that there's a huge distinction between sex and other things. I think sex is on the menu of options within a friendship. So, um, uh, and that, and I just feel lucky to have that with Emil. Oh, that's lovely. Wonderful. Well, thank you for coming on and, and sharing that with us. Your podcast, Karls Geschemme, am I pronouncing that right? That's right, Karls Geschemme. Yeah, it's all it's about... A German name. Yeah, it's all about queer desire and things like that. And um, it's really interesting and very worth a listen. I've learned a lot of things about some of the people on your podcast just through... Including yourself? Scott is in one episode. I am in an episode, yeah. Um, Well, yeah, because it's interesting. The questions that you... (laughs) It was a little bit like a therapy session, if I'm honest. (laughs) It was somewhere between a drinking session and a therapy session, which... uh, And often one turns into the other uh, with that particular combination. Uh, But yeah, no. So uh, go out and find Carl's Kishemi, available on all good podcasting apps. And if people want to talk to you about something that we've mentioned today, or they just want to like get in touch or follow up on your uh, next podcasting project that we can't talk about just yet... (laughs) or your upcoming novel, where can people find you? Um, So I'm on Twitter, at Adam Smith, with a Z instead of the S for Smith. And my website is adamsmith.com. That was Probably True, the repeatedly award-winning series created by me, Scott Flashheart, to remind all of my queer sisters and brothers that we are none of us alone. Thanks again to Adam Smith for joining in and sharing his story. You can find transcripts and links to every episode at probablytruepodcast.com. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash probablytrue. And you can get in touch through the FlickChat app or by searching Probably True Podcast on the socials. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.